What is going on, Hawks Nation? We are back at it again for another episode of the HFTV podcast brought to you by Alex and Mac. Um, and man, we had uh, uh, an eventful last week, Mac. Um, won some games, we lost some games, uh, had joy, felt sadness, uh, a lot of emotions this past week. But all in all, you know, can't complain too much. We're sitting at nine and five, four games above 500. Um, big win last night against the Bucks. So, Hey, we're we're still a top three seed in the East as of last week, and we're we're still a top three seed this week. So can't complain too much. Oh yeah, man, I'm I'm starting to think uh, playing the Bucks on Monday just needs to be like our like tradition or something, man. Because I know it was MLK Day last year we played them on Monday. Now two Mondays in a row we've beaten them. So g- give me the Bucks on Monday every single week, man. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, oh yeah, it's crazy. We've played them three times already in this early into the season. Yeah, three days and uh, I mean, uh, three times in the last sixteen days. So definitely, definitely a bunch. Like last night when we played them again, my girlfriend walked in and goes, "We're playing the Bucks again." I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're playing them again." So, um, exactly. but hey, man, I told her I'd rather get get them out early than you know later in the season when maybe you know they matter a little bit more than they do right now. So I'm I'm cool with it. <clears throat> yeah, um, exactly. And like you were saying, Alex, this last week, man, it was uh, kind of like Thanos. It was perfectly balanced, man. It was uh, we went two and two. Um, the two losses weren't, uh, especially against the Jazz. I I think the Jazz are are going to surprise a lot of people this year, man. That 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 looked like a very complete team. Um, I think one of the things that they maybe not necessarily exposed us on, but you know, displayed themselves is they got depth, man. They 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 got they got you know you kind of highlighted it last week on the episode like they may not have a superstar but dude they they got they got dudes that can just fill up the stats like Malik Beasley had like eighteen points or something it was it was it was crazy so um, pretty balanced week but um, the wins uh, I the the win against the Sixers and obviously the Bucks last night I was in town um, for the Sixers game and. I was in the six man section. Uh, shout out Adnan. That's that's a lo- loyal follower of, of Hawks Fan TV. He's the guy that runs the six man section too. So um, he got me and my buddy Derek in there. And you know, if you're going to be in the six man section for any game, it's going to be popping. But against the Sixers, it's just a a whole different vibe, man. We were we were chanting the entire time, and um, the atmosphere in there just. You know, it's I I think it's slowly becoming one of the better ones in the entire league. So I I I I don't know, man. It was not not a very close game in my mind. You know, we 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 basically uh, held them the entire time. I think their largest lead was two points. So um, it was it was a full full win for the Hawks on on last Thursday. And you know, um, I uh, I, I had a good time. So I don't remember every little bit of the game that happened, but it, it was. Uh, hey. No judgment here. Exactly, man. It was it was a good time. It was a good time. I it was speaking of the uh, the six man section. Yeah, um, for obviously some listeners that aren't too familiar with it, or maybe maybe they uh, just recently became Hawks fans in the past couple of years. Uh, what Mac is referring to is that portion of the arena where you see like just rows of people and fans just going crazy, cheering. They got the fat heads holding up, and um, you know they're they're never sitting down. So. I don't know exactly what year what year the six man, I guess section was like first started, introduced, yeah. uh, but you know for as long as I can remember that six man section has um, been been there. Uh, even regardless of what our record is at the time, like the six man section is a loyal group, a very loyal group of fans. So um, that's awesome that you were able to experience that. I remember 
applying for the six man section. I think it was like five or six years ago, but I never heard back from them. But how was it? You know, can you explain? I mean, because I'm also curious too. Like, what was the atmosphere like in the section? How many people would you guess were in there in total? And yeah, what was the vibe like? Yeah. So, like I was saying, guys, it, it's it's incredible. It um, as Alex kind of alluded to, it unfortunately isn't something that you can just purchase a ticket to, or really anyone can be part of. They they do have a rather selective process with it, but the selective process is because they want to make sure that the people in that section are diehard Hawks fans and are going to be standing up and cheering the entire time. So to kind of uh, branch off from that, that's what it was the entire time, man. The only time people were sitting were during was during halftime. Um, people were standing up the entire time, being loud, yelling, um, starting chants. Like every time the ball gets turned over, we have the uh, add-on will stand and go, which way? And then we all go that way. And we like point to whatever side and like, yeah. it's uh it's very interactive. It, um, you know, we're we're coming up with chants at players like uh um we had a few for Joel Embiid, which uh I think it did get in his head on Friday, may- I mean on Thursday, maybe not Saturday, but uh but yeah, no, it's um it's 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 a great it's a great thing that the Hawks do. I do want to point out though, this is maybe a little more negative for the six man section, but a positive for us as an entire organization. They actually lowered the amount of rows that are in the six man section this year. So um you know, that's that's clearly anticipa- anticipation of selling more tickets than normal. So um, it was a little smaller than the last time I went because I did go last season as well. But uh, still the same vibe of everybody just going crazy. And uh, it, uh, you know, it's it's not to say that you don't have a good time sitting anywhere else in the arena. But I can definitely tell you it's a completely different experience when you're sitting in the six man section. So um, any of you guys that uh that either know Adnan or, or know anybody in the section, just ask them and they can send you the email and the application and whatnot. And fingers crossed for you guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How many people would you say were in the uh, the six-man section in total? I'd say probably like 30, maybe 40. Um, so, somewhere around there, somewhere around there. Not, 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 maybe more, you know, to be completely honest, I, 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 I could I could be very off on that, but probably somewhere the thirty to fifty range, somewhere around there. Gotcha. That's awesome. So even that well, small amount of people is making a lot of noise. So you know we're it's it, it gets wild. So it's it's a good time. It's a good time. That's awesome. I'm glad you were able to experience that, and um, I'm jealous. And <laughs> uh, it's glad that you you experienced it in a win because yeah, like you said, that 76ers game uh, had that 20, 20 point lead, held their offense to. Pretty much nothing the entire game and then we of course gave up that last kind of fourth quarter run to make it a little bit closer than what we anticipated but all in all still got the w uh so can't can't complain too much oh yeah no it was a it was a great win it felt good to be back in the building you know season ticket holder last year and being back just felt good and um you know to kind of talk about the uh evaluation of of the game and the players uh I don't know what Clint Capella is doing right now in his day-to-day routine, but he needs to keep it up and do and and I I I cannot take credit for you know coming up with this. I think I don't know where I saw it, but he Clint Chamberlain is a real thing right now, man. That dude is getting 18 boards a game, 19 boards, 20 boards, and and adding on 17, 19 points, 20 points. Like he is absolutely killing it right now. So like I said, whatever Clint is doing on his day to day right now, let's let's keep that up because uh, if Clint plays like this, if Trey gets his shooting back to like you said the mean, ooh man, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna get ugly for for the opposing teams real quick. So, uh, oh absolutely, yeah, Clint 
Clint heard the disrespect, you guys. He he heard the slander. He heard the vitriol. <laughs> he heard it all. Um, and and I'll be I'll be the first one to admit, Mac. You know what? There is a good portion of the fan base that is pretty critical of Clint. Um, you know, most notably when he misses those easy kind of layups and dunks and things of that nature. Um, and honestly, you, you got to take the good with the bad, right? Like Clint Capella is due for at least one missed bunny at some point throughout the game. Mm-hmm. But what he provides from a rebounding perspective, he's now uh, up to second in the league in total rebounds. So great job for that. Very reminiscent of uh, two years ago when we made that ECF run, he actually led the league in total rebounds. So he's slowly starting to get back up to becoming that elite rebounder that we that we knew and loved. Um, you know, he's averaging you know, just under 12 points a game, which is pretty solid. That's top seven for an NBA center. Uh, but yeah, it's just the, the activity that he's providing, the hustle, his offensive rebounding numbers is is looking a lot better now. And just, just to kind of give you guys some perspective, his last five, one, two, his last four games, excuse me, this man is averaging his games go 19 and 10. 14 and 15, 18 and 20, 15 and 19. So just absolutely a monster on the glass, giving us efficiency from a scoring production standpoint. And uh, yeah, he's he's doing this. He's looking exactly like what he looked like uh, two years ago. Obviously, last year was his down year. He got hurt. But man, I'm I'm very very pleased with what we've seen from Quint, and uh, I'm hoping he can keep this up and he just stays healthy because that Achilles injury um, definitely definitely hurt him last year oh yeah but i think i think you kind of nailed on the head he's clearly looks healthier he's got a little bit more uh bounce in his step and you know uh the the jazz game right 10 offensive rebounds like i mean sure we end up not winning that game but 10 offensive boards man that 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 is you know something that if it's done in a more um impactful game than that because it's not like the jazz aren't a good team but you know i if you listen to the episode last week i kind of predicted that we would probably end up losing that one so um the just it's it's a crazy set and then obviously 20 boards against jazz and you know like i i don't know i i got this note right here too with with how many oops they do and and i, I gotta say so with trey young and clinton young with the um the pick and roll uh uh Trey's got the option of of hitting the little floater or the the oop to to Clint right like that in my mind is the equivalent of like Lamar Jackson and what I mean by that is if you're a cornerback or a linebacker maybe even a safety and you're playing in the flat and you see Lamar go out are, are you gonna you're gonna come in for the run but what what if he hits you know Mark Andrews for a thirty yard pass like not to get on another sport too much but I'm saying like it's it's almost indefensible like I don't know how you actually play defense on that like. Because Trey has proven that in a split second, he can make the decision of, oh, so you're going to come on me? All right, let me just toss it up to Clinton real quick. Or like, oh, you want to go hunt Clinton? All right, he's wide open lane for me. Let me hit this floater real quick. So I just, I, I think it's one of the more indefensible plays like in basketball right now. Um, so my little note is if if this current Hawks team wins a championship, the statue that's built outside of the arena needs to be an alley-oop of Trey Young to Clint Capella. I, I don't know if that that would even be possible, but God, that that needs to be the statue for sure. Yeah, no, the 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 PNR that we have with with Trey, obviously we we've, we've been used to seeing that it's just been uh, a stupid OP play. Like it's just 
yeah, it's 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 really good, and it would be even better right now. Like obviously, for all of our Hawks fans watching and listening, you know, Trey's struggling uh, from the field mainly. Um, his turnovers aren't that really that much of a worry, and you know, he's still getting high assist numbers, which is great. So he's still finding ways to impact the game. But uh, man, his it, you know, it's it, he's definitely in probably the biggest shooting slump of his career, and like this isn't too crazy because we're we're pretty used to seeing Trey get off to fairly slow starts, but usually by like game you know, 14, 15, you start to see the old Trey Young back and um, he's still in a slump. So I'm, I'm really hoping he can turn this around. But as you mentioned, that pick and roll, whether it's with Clint or John Collins or whoever it may be, you know, he has that such like it's literally like a split second where he has time to analyze everything, whether he's going to shoot the floater, he's going to pull the mid range, throw the lob up. But um, yeah, he's he's by far the best pick and roll player in the NBA um not just pick and roll point guard but just the pick and best pick and roll player ever, uh, in the league right now so uh i'm liking what i'm seeing especially once the shooting numbers start to increase because i know they will uh then this team is going to be on a completely different level because i'll be honest matt there were a couple of games that we lost because of trey's you know inefficiency when it comes to scoring the basketball but, but that's okay you know you, you just like Clint, you got to roll with the good and the bad um but you know, Trey single-handedly brought this organization into relevancy ever since he came here, right? You know, the past 30 years before that, sure, we made some playoff runs and had that 61 Hawks team, but the national media folks, they weren't really talking about the Hawks. We didn't have that one, you know, superstar player that a lot of these other elite teams have, but now we do. So Trey gets a long leash for me, at least, right? Like, sure, I'm going to call him out on his his bad shooting nights, but Trey stole Trey. He is the reason why this team is today. And, um, you know, we should be grateful. Um, but, yeah, once Trey starts hitting, especially his three ball, and he starts making some of these routine floaters and layups that we've seen all throughout his career, this offense is going to go from, like, the 13th best offense to easily back to top five with just, you know, Trey getting on it. But I'm confident he's going he's gonna to find his rhythm soon. Yeah, you know, and it's you nut around the head is actually one of my stats, 13th and off the offensive rating right now, but sixth in defensive. So, you know, once once Trey's shooting bounces out, because I got I got, you know, his his shoot his shooting numbers for each game, the last four games. And I could read all of them, but as I was reading them, as you were saying, I was like, you know what? <laughs> I don't I don't even want to say these out loud. So um, you know, it's it's not it's not looking super pretty. He's not super efficient right now, but again, you know, I think you kind of said it perfectly. He has a long leash. And if you as a Hawks fan don't have Trey Young on a long leash, then find another team to cheer for, man. Cause he, he, like you said, he's put this team on the map. DeJounte Murray would have never wanted to come here if Trey Young didn't play here. Okay. Like it's, he's put this team on the map and he's allowed to have shooting slumps. All right, guys, he, everything will be okay. I promise. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, so basically, you know, um, went over the first two games. So uh, we'll kind of kind of segue into the next two here. Uh, before we do, though, you want to uh, give a shout out to our our, our main man at uh, Firmament Solutions. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Glad you brought that up, um, guys. Firmament Solutions, uh, really good people over there. When you're reaching to build a physical network, y'all, uh, for to build a physical network for the future, only networks that scale with the technology will do. So at Firmament Solutions, the industry leader in information highway construction building, they are backed by leading manufacturers. Their services are all white label, guys. So you can actually present them as your own. 
and then their you know their clients will get the contracts for a minute will actually provide the services so um, you can learn everything that they do at firmamentsolutions.com. That is www.firmament, F-I-R-M-A-M-E-N-T, solutions.com. So go check those guys out. Go follow their Twitter at Firmament Solutions and uh, see what they have to do because they do some really good work. So shout out to you guys. Oh, yeah. Always shout out Firmament, man. Um, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so, yeah. So, um you know, the second Sixers game wasn't uh, the same results as the first one, but that's okay. It, uh, I, I, quite honestly, I, you know, I've learned at this point, and being an NBA fan, it's not like football, especially college football. And what I mean by that is like you're going to lose; it's going to happen. You're going to lose games. So, losing that one, you kind of just take it on the chin. And bead went off. It was a game right after. You know what? It honestly felt like each team. The home and home got exactly like what they needed. It was the home crowd was really into it. They led the entire time. It was a little bit more of an excuse my French here, but ass kicking on both ends, you know. So I think I think both teams, you know, got it what got what they needed out of it, and you know, um, are old, you know, not not look back on it with any any real um, emphasis. I will say Joel Embiid had himself quite the weekend. Uh, he went off against us on Saturday, and then Sunday he was on my fantasy team actually put up 115 fantasy points. So, um, dude, dude had himself quite the weekend. Uh, I do think it was a little noteworthy that, um, Onyeka actually, uh, missed the second Sixers game for personal reasons. Don't, don't, I don't want to bring that up meaning that, you know, just hoping everything's okay. That that's all I'm saying. You know, I'm hope everything's okay with young man and that that's not anything that, We'll get in the way later on, later on in the season. But, uh, but yeah, man, what 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 were your thoughts on that that second Sixers game? Yeah, the second Sixers game was tough. Um, obviously, beating a team back to back is a pretty difficult thing to do in the league, especially a team like the Sixers, who have you know arguably one of the top five players in the league, in Joel Embiid, and he he burnt us. Um, now I'm gonna be. A, a little bit of a homer here. I'm only crediting that loss simply because Onyeka was out of that game. Obviously, Nate had to tweak some rotations and play some guys uh, more minutes that typically wouldn't be accustomed of getting inside the game. So, you know, the loss of Onyeka certainly hurt us. And guys, um, you know, a lot of people like to debate, oh, you know, Onyeka needs to start. We got to trade Clint so Onyeka can, you know, really blossom into a full-time starter or we got to get rid of Onyeka, trade him for another piece, yada, yada, yada. This is the, the benefit and, and the luxury of having two elite centers that can play defense, right? I'm not saying both Clint Capello and Onyeka are elite centers. However, they are elite defensively, right? Um, and they just provide full 48 minutes of lockdown defense. Uh, and, and he was sorely missed the other night, but... You know, credit to the 76ers. They took advantage of it. Uh, you know, Joel Embiid had a great game. And, um, you know, it's it's like I said, it's tough to beat game teams back to back, right, uh, in a home and away situation. So um, I, I figured we were going to split at least one of those. But um, you, you can uh, got to take it on the chin and move on to the next one. And that's exactly what we did against the Milwaukee Bucks a couple of days later in Milwaukee on the road. And we come out with a beautiful W. Oh yeah. No, you know, and uh like we were saying in the beginning of the episode, playing playing the Bucks on Monday, I think that just needs to be become our new tradition. But you know, the the game last night for you know all of you that watched them, I would guess most probably watched it too. Uh it was it was again, man, it was just a wire to wire win. 
the uh the Bucks largest lead was three, and that was uh with uh, about halfway through the first quarter. So <laughs> we we led the entire time. Uh obviously that lead, you know, would get a little smaller here and there, but the entire time, man, we we were up pretty big. So um I think the biggest takeaway that I, I got from the Bucks game last night combined with the one last Monday was that I think we actually have three dudes who can play um not maybe not the third guy elite, but borderline elite defense on Giannis and and that's obviously Clint Onyeka. And I think I think Jalen Johnson can get in there and mix it up, man. Like that Jalen is I I what I've seen from Jalen this year just makes me so damn excited because when that dude figures out the game a little bit more and just the nuances of playing the professional sport, God man, he is he is gonna light it up, dude. He is gift, so gifted athletically. And don't get me wrong, you see a lot of dudes like Jalen slip through the cracks. And, you know, uh, not just the NBA, even the NFL, MLB, all of them. You know, you being a freak of nature athlete in 2022 doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be, you know, great at your respective sport. But man, he is he is a freak of nature, man. And I I'm just too excited. And, uh, you know, I saw I saw a comment from Anyeke recently about uh, Jalen and just saying how how much he loves a dude and how hardworking he is. And again, you know, I don't. I don't, I'm not saying, you know, that that wasn't true about Jalen last year, but that's not what you were hearing, you know? So, um, I'm just, just, just love that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it seems to be going, be, be going well for the young man. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't, but to, 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 to wrap it up, cause you know, uh, don't, don't have much to say about the Bucks win here. Um, some team stats for the, for the Hawks so far, 16 games in the season that I think are a little eye opening. Um, tenth in points per game, which I I think is is good. Obviously, you're top ten, but I I'd, I'd like to see this a little higher. We're fifth in rebounds, which I think is um like you were kind of alluding to it to our two elite defensive centers. You know that's that's uh that's representative with that stat right there. But something that I thought was a little eye opening to me is sixteenth per game in assists. And I just I think going into the season with adding Dejounte and Trey and both of them being so good at passing the ball and having such high assists and, you know, their career averages that, you know, we probably would have guessed that we would be doing a little bit better in that category. So I don't know if that's very vindicative. I mean, indicative that, you know, the team is not able to, you know, rotate the ball. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, and uh, one, one, one stat that I got to say, and I'll, I'll hand the mic over to you fifth worst in three point shooting percentage. So uh, uh, needless to say, that improves just a little bit, and I think uh, you know our record is eleven and three instead of nine and five. You know what I mean? So just gotta gotta start hitting our three point shots a little bit more. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I think that that number will increase. Um, I think like in a vacuum, when people see our roster now compared to last year, you know the loss of Gallo and Kevin Herter and things like that people are automatically going to assume, oh, you know, the, this team is just a significantly worse three-point shooting team. We we don't have spacing, et cetera. We don't have shooters coming off the bench. Um, I think Bogey coming back is certainly going to help a lot of that. And I don't know if you caught this, but the Milwaukee Bucks uh, tweeted a video last night after the game, and there was a little snippet of Bogey, you know, dapping up some Bucks players. And um, what seemed like he was talking about his injury, but all you could hear was, 30 more days. So 
Um, I don't know, you know, I don't want to make assumptions, but one <laughs> might guess that that could be his timetable to return. So basically a month from now, which actually, if that were the case, Mac, I'd be pretty ecstatic because my, my like very cautious uh, prediction was, I think he's going to come back by like Christmas or New Year's time. But if he came back a month from today, that's actually a little before Christmas. So I'll take it. Um, but again, that's just speculation. I don't want to get you know fans too excited, but uh, nothing official yet. But he did say thirty more days. I can only hope that's you know when he's going to come back. Um, and also, before we wrap up, want to give a couple of shout outs. Nate McMillan, for as much shit we give him in terms of just <laughs> managing the rotations and his timeout management, he's you know done pretty well uh, these last couple of games. You know, last night against the Bucks. Didn't play Justin Holiday one bit, which was very surprising to me. Um, and AJ actually was the first player off the bench uh, before Justin Holiday. So, um, and we we stuck with AJ Holiday, uh, AJ Griffin, pretty much the entire game, and Justin got zero minutes of, of play time. Now, maybe that could have been because he was dealing with an injury or whatever the case may be, or that could have been just a decision from Nate to give AJ Griffin some minutes. Right? We saw what he did against uh, Philly where he didn't play all game. We were down by double digits. He brings in AJ uh, in the fourth quarter for the first time all game. And he plays the entire fourth, you know, put some energy and life back into this team. We get it down to like five points uh, with like three minutes left. And then obviously we we couldn't, you know, uh, close the gap and get the win. But, you know, that's what AJ did. So it's nice to see Nate kind of take that on the chin and say, you know what? I, I screwed up the last game. Let me play you more minutes today. And that's exactly what he did. Now, I'm not saying we won that game because Justin Holiday got zero PT, but, um, you know, that certainly could have been a factor uh, for for the result that we got. Um, and, yeah, also to chime in on Jalen Johnson, he's been playing, like, really solid, borderline, you know, dare I say, like, great one-on-one, like, on-ball defense, right? Like, obviously, with his experience and things like that and his age, his off-ball stuff is a little questionable, and you can see him kind of get lost at times, but – Man, once he's guarding a player just straight one on one, especially in the post, he's been doing really well. So um, I'm I'm excited to see that from Jalen. Hopefully, he can keep that up because uh, Jalen's hit or miss. You know, some games he'll play really well, and you know he'll play 15 plus minutes a night, or some nights he might play you know nine minutes a night and just you know barely do anything. So I want to keep seeing that consistency from him. Uh, and also, last thing, the the JC conundrum. Right, first and foremost, I love JC. Um, and I know he's, you know, loved by many Hawks fans. And, you know, let me go on record and say this, Mac. Like, I am a JC fan. I'm an advocate. I love the Baptist. Um, and I want him to succeed. And I think he's actually done really well for us. I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is his unselfishness, right? He's not forcing up bad shots just to get his shot attempts because he's frustrated or whatever the case may be. You know, he's – if you look at the course of his last, like, six, seven games um, – Aside from last night, he's been putting like less than 10 shot attempts per game for the, you know, prior to last night. So, um, you know, I'm glad that he's not getting his ego in the way and, and, you know, begging for the ball and getting frustrated that he's not getting his shots up. But, you know, he's playing great defense. He's given us hustle and effort on the, uh, the defensive end, getting some nice timely rebounds for us. The one thing I got to say, though, he needs to improve his three-point shooting because these these looks that he's getting – are wide open, like wide open looks uh, from the top of the key or from like the elbow three area, and he's just bricking them. Um, I forget the exact stat, but 
last night, uh, after he made that three, I think he was like five of 43 on his last three-point attempts, right? And um, he's shooting under 15% from the three-point distance, not counting the first two games against the Magic and the Rockets. Outside of those first two games, he's been shooting like under 15%. So um, a little worrisome, but I'm, I'm hoping he can come back and maybe it's his finger that's is in, uh, messing up his shot. But um, all in all, I'm still pretty pleased with JC. He's still shooting the ball efficiently uh, once he attacks the rim and gets the basket. He had a nasty drive in uh, late in the game last night. I'm sure you saw where they trapped DeJounte. He kicks it out to JC at the top of the key. And instead of settling for the three, because he mm-hmm. hasn't been on, he makes a conscious effort and attacks the basket, takes it in basically the chest of Brooke Lopez and finishes through contact. Um, so great to see. So again, good stuff from JC. Just need to see that three ball hitting a little bit more consistently um, along with Trey and some other guys. But uh, yeah, all in all, you know, we're nine and five. If we win tomorrow night, Matt, tomorrow night's the big test in my opinion, because right now the Bucks, you know, they're, they're a great team, but they're not at full strength right now. They're a way different team. Once Chris Milton and Drew Holiday come back. Right. So, you know, you might even say we got a little lucky last night, but Hey, that's okay. We played them without Trey on the game before. And uh, I think this test against Boston, they have the number one rated offense in the league, like an historically good offense. And they're still a pretty good defensive team. Um, I think Clint and JC are going to need to eat tomorrow night because they're great on the perimeter, right? They got a lot of guys they can throw at Trey and, and, and DeJounte and Dre. Uh, you know, they got Marcus Smart, Derek White, Jalen Brown. Tatum's also playing uh, defense at a high level this year, too. So they have, you know, four or five guys that are pretty well on do well on the perimeter, but they're lacking Rob Williams. No Rob Williams means their interior defense and rebounding should be um, their weakness. And that's what we got to capitalize. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping Clint and JC both finish the game with double digit rebounds. I'm hoping they mm-hmm. each get two or three offensive rebounds, but tomorrow's going to be a huge game, man. And if we win tomorrow night and we, we finish the night at 10 and five, I think um, that's going to be a pretty good barometer for like how good this team is. Cause the Celtics are the best team in the league right now. Oh yeah. No, um, you know, tomorrow should be popping. It's obviously a huge game against the Celtics. They were in the finals last year. For those of you that haven't seen it yet, uh, I, I think he's officially taken the name of the first part of his name, but young Jeezy, I guess it's just Jeezy now, will be performing halftime. Jeezy. So uh so yeah, so you know, Atlanta uh hip hop legend will be in the building tomorrow performing. So it should it should be popping, man. It's definitely one of those games where I wish I did not live in Jacksonville, Florida. So um so yeah, Jeezy man. The snowman. I, exactly, man. Jeezy snowman. So uh so yeah, so you know, um I'll I'll wrap it up with with just kind of, you know, uh comment on a couple of things you said the the jc and jalen thing like the a lack of efficiency i mean not efficiency the lack of consistency excuse me for jalen right now i think that's just that those are the breaks man he's he's basically a rookie you know what i mean like he uh only played 120 total minutes last year so basically a rookie so him being a little inconsistent that that's fine with me and with john being inconsistent i i think you know it's it's hard to tell exactly what it could be because when he plays well, he plays well, you know, like he he'll drop 20 and 13, you know, or something like he'll, he'll have a damn good game. And then the next game he'll shoot one for six and have four points and two rebounds. And it's like, what happened? So um, the inconsistency with John right now, it's kind of hard to pinpoint the, you know, exact reason or reasons. It may be more than one. So I'm not too worried about it. I'll say this though. 
or some of those John Collins stands out there. When people criticize John, it's okay. You get you guys, it's okay. You, you you'll, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's all love, exactly. guys. We it's love, love. We love Jason. It's all love. Yeah, it's all love, man. It's all love. Um, but yeah, man, we'll we'll wrap it up there, and uh, hopefully uh, this this time next week we we'll, we'll have three games between the next time we record. So hopefully it'll be three and zero. But if the Hawks are uh, gonna gonna be the way they've been this season, I'm sure it'll be two and one. But hey, man, I'll I'll take two and one all day. So nothing, nothing. Yeah. Wrong I, I I said if we can come out of this five prior to the Jazz game, if we can come out these next five games three and two or four and one, that's a big win, right? Because these are all playoff caliber teams. These are good teams that we're facing. Um, the four and one dream is still alive, but that you know we got to win tomorrow night. Uh, but I'm feeling good because I think, you know, with with the Cavs, I don't know the situation with Donovan Mitchell. I think he's still uh, hurt or dealing with an injury. So we, it's very possible we play them without um, their star player. And then the Raptors obviously are missing Pascal Siakam, their best player. So, you know, this is a great opportunity for us to, to start building that little buffer between us and some of these lower seeded teams. But, man, if we can win tomorrow night, I'm pretty damn confident that we're going to beat Toronto and Cleveland. Uh, in those next two games. So that would make my four and one prediction um, accurate. So, um, so we'll see what happens y'all. But uh, as Max said, you know, we got three more games from now until the next uh, episode. So hopefully we we're celebrating a three and no streak. Uh, but other than that, we really appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram at Hawks fan TV. We're also giving away free tickets to the Raptors game uh, this Saturday. So if you want to enter just follow us on Hawks Fan TV at Twitter. And, um, you know, we just look at our pinned comment and you'll be able to enter. All you have to do is retweet and like the uh, the tweet. So uh, we'll be giving away tickets all season long, but you won't know about it unless you a, subscribe <laughs> to the podcast or you follow us on Twitter or Instagram. So make sure you do that. Uh, other than that, we love you guys. Go Hawks. And thank you guys for listening. Oh, yeah, guys. Uh, Y'all have a good night, Hawks fans. And as Alex said, check us out on all platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, whatever it is, man. We we got you guys covered. So uh, uh, be looking out for the next episode, Hawks fans. And as always, go Hawks, baby. Yes, sir. Go Hawks.